Welcome to episode number four, The Power of Forgiveness, and I'm going to be sharing with you a story, a Christmas story, and how I did not speak with my father for 27 years, and then I finally did. There's something about the process of forgiveness that seems so simple and yet so powerful. And it's challenging many times because many of us are simply not willing to do the forgiveness work to get to the other side, you know, where some of the benefit of doing the forgiveness work is. You know, some of those benefits are a reduced stress, a, a freedom of expression, a letting go, letting go and letting be, um, letting love lead the way. It could even just be that a simple releasing of a desire, just a letting go of things actually being able to be different than they were, a different outcome. So I'm going to share with you a little story about my life and forgiveness in one particular area of my life. Welcome to the Blueprint of Living an Extraordinary Life podcast. My name is Theo Tilton. I'm a licensed New Thought practitioner public speaker, certified life mastery consultant, and development life coach. Each week, I'm on a mission to provide concrete practices in the art of being and doing and getting that physical, reliable result with a system of support, leaving you moved, inspired, and empowered on your way to living an extraordinary life. Thank you for spending time with me today. Now let's head over to the blueprint of living an extraordinary life. With regards to my father. So right now I am 48, almost 49 years old. But back when I was 12, so it is Christmas time and I'm running around the house and it's my aunt's house and a bunch of my cousins and we're all like spending the holiday together. I'm with my father and my stepmother. Um, you see, my parents, my, my birth parents, my mother and father were divorced when I was very, very young. And they had a little bit of a shared custody type of thing. And I was visiting, I would visit my father on, on the weekends uh, whenever possible. And it was this time, this was the time, this was the year with Christmas where I was sharing Christmas with my dad. And so all of us cousins were causing a ruckus around the house. And there was a bunch of us, um, probably four or five five of us. So we're between the ages of eight and 12. I'm 12. And my aunt, um, you know, she comes down and, and she says, okay, it's time to get ready for um, Christmas dinner. And so we're still running around the house and laughing and yelling 
and being kids. And my aunt was obviously getting a little frustrated and upset that we were just continuing to run around the house and be playful. And, and my father stepped in and said, okay, enough is enough. You haven't listened to your aunt. They're all going to be punished. And my father proceeded to take all of the kids, all of us, into the, into the back room and say, okay, bend over. You're all going to get a spanking. And um, I was completely resistant to the idea, you know, considering I was 12 years old. And my father was very clear in pointing out that I was going to go first because I was going to set the example because I was the oldest one. And um, so I was told to literally stand in front of my father, uh, pull down my pants and expose my butt and bend over his knee. And I've totally resisted that being, especially in front of my cousins, needless to say, eventually submitted and did what my father asked and proceeded to be spanked very hard in front of my cousins. And while doing so, um, my father started to laugh and he says, I have, you have peach fuzz on your butt. And then he broke, he completely broke out and started laughing and you know, my goodness, you've got a hairy butt. And, and then all of my cousins started laughing also and then my father said pull up your pants we're done here let's go eat and I looked at my father and I looked at my cousins in complete and utter disgust my my father in fact um, yeah all of all my entire family my entire namesake, the entire Tilton family. Um, how could you know? How could he embarrass me like that in front of everyone, and and then laugh, and then you know make an example of me in such a way that I was the only one that was going to be spanked, and no one else would be punished. You know, inside my mind, something snapped and I wanted to have nothing to do with my father or my father's family. In fact, I never, I didn't want to be a Tilton anymore. I remember returning home and saying to my mother very adamantly and strongly that I never wanted to go back and was it possible for me to change my last name? Like she knew, she knew something was up. And... She didn't know why. She didn't ask why. Uh, she knew that I was upset. And she said that whatever it was that I wanted, she supported me 100%. If I didn't want to go to my father's on the weekends anymore, she would support She would support me. And she would let my father know. Um, and I said, I said, that's it. It's my, it's my decision. And, um, and I did that. And from that moment forward, I did anything and everything within my power to, to distance myself as far as way as possible and disassociate myself. From 
but I focused on my education. There was just something categorically challenging with the entire family. And I just wanted nothing to do with that. I, w I did not want to repeat that. There was something, even at that age, I was like, that is not going to be my life. Um, and then um, about, uh, I guess, four years later, was it four years? No, it was more like five years later. I was around 17. I was heading off to college, and I did see my father for about 15 minutes. And it was very uneventful. Um, it was really more designed by me to rub in his face that I was going to college. You know, see, you know, that all of the Tiltons, I had already achieved something so much bigger than any of them have. I graduated high school. And, um, and I was going to college. And, and, and. So... You know, I decided to not rub it in his face too much longer, and um, I just completely had a completely different worldview of the family. Um, I didn't want to be a construction worker or a janitor for the rest of my life, and I really struggled with that. That that was in my timeline. That was my internal struggle. Is that it was my bloodline. That this was my bloodline that we were talking about. And I was I destined to repeat what was already there in my family's history. Um, you know, my mother came from a completely different side of them. You know, a completely different thing. You know, she was one of six and. There was struggle on their side of the family, too. But they were definitely more um, open to education and and such of that nature. And um, I just wanted to break free from all of the patterns um, of my father's uh, bloodline. And so, you know, I ended up graduating college um, with a uh, triple major, double bachelor's, making a, a six-figure income in corporate America as a software engineer. I did fantastically um, in, the area, in the area of health and well-being and finances. Um, however, my relationships did suffer, and I did find myself hitting a wall, and I kept repeating the same patterns of... Um, relationship, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, like abuse um, in relationships. And so things that I had noticed over time uh, from my father and his side of the family. And I was like, I'll be damned. Why am I repeating that? And I started blaming my father. You know, I was blaming him for everything, everything that did not go right in a relationship. I blamed my father, I, you know, and over time, I started to begin to forgive myself. I was like, you know, that's, it's time I gave up on that. It's time I forgave myself and gave myself a different chance. Gave, you know, gave myself the ability to start something new, something fresh. Something to express differently. Be in a more powerful, intimate relationship. And, and that showed up. Um, I happened to be in a, um, 
beautiful um, relationship at the time. Um, and, you know, beautiful is contextual. You know, it turns out that, that that relationship ended up ending as well, and that's a completely different story that I can share at some point in the future. But there was lots of breakthroughs, lots of ahas, lots of transformation that occurred in this relationship. And one of them was um, I had planned a trip to Hawaii uh, with my um, boyfriend at the time. Uh, and it was back in 2013. And I decided to retake a course called the Landmark Forum during a layover. And we were going to do this course together um, in San Jose, California on our way to Hawaii. And everything was planned. Um, and I knew that in this course, there's a whole section where you get to write a letter to your parents. And I had done this in the past, you know, from when I did the Landmark Forum the first time. I wrote my, a letter to my father, tried to reach out to him and forgive him and all kinds of stuff. And um, through a series of phone calls, discovered that he was in jail. Um, and it triggered a whole bunch of stories in my mind that even gave me more proof and evidence that the person I was being in life was clearly demonstrating that I was not a Tilton, that I was better than a Tilton. And, um, but through an interesting twist of life events, um, four weeks prior to my trip to Hawaii, uh, I received a message from one of my cousins, one of the same cousins in the story that I was sharing about Christmas time and that spanking story. And she reached out to me and asked me if I heard anything about my father. And I replied, and I said, no, why? Why would I ask? I haven't spoken or heard about my father in 27 years, basically. And, and she shared her story and she shared the story about my father um, and she remembered she totally remembered uh, about the spanking and she also remembered that I disappeared she's like you disappeared and um, well during this call she mentioned that my father was not doing well that he had dementia and he was slowly transitioning and um, he was falling in health, basically failing in health, um, and he was at, he was in a specialized nursing home for dementia patients in Northern California, which was about two hours away from where I was going to be in San Jose. And I found this to be extraordinary. You know, what was the likelihood that I was randomly going to take a course? on my way to Hawaii during a layover in San Jose, California, being a New Jersey-born resident, raised here, haven't seen or heard of my father in the past 27 years, now having, you know, him being inside of a dementia, basically, clinic in a town two hours north of where I was going to be taking this course. There's no coincidence at all. So I started to plan, I started to uh, have a conversation, um, you know, with the, the dementia clinic and I told them what was going on and they, you know, after hearing my story, you know, the woman basically put her job on the line considering HIPAA and everything else and she was like, listen, I've heard your story, it's, your story's amazing, I want to make sure that you 
um, talk to your dad and, um, you know, and I didn't want to get in sucked into any kind of drama or anything like that. So here it is, May, around, somewhere around May of 2013. And I've been giving, given authority to call. And so I call the clinic and... I, as I say, this is, you know, Mr. Tilton. I'm, I'm calling for Mr. Tilton Sr., and uh, it, it, the, the phone was given right to him. And I had like this entire script that I was going to say. I had this entire story that I was going to bring out. And as soon as he answered the phone, it was like, I'm just going to stick to the script. Uh, to the script. I'm not going to be, and there's not going to be any emotion. Um, and then I heard his voice. And that 12-year-old inside child started to break down and cry. And I, I realized in that moment, at 42, I was being completely controlled by a 12-year-old. And I had to go take responsibility for not having this conversation sooner. I had to take responsibility for who I was being in the relationship. So I apologize for waiting so long. I, that, that I had a very rough life and I acknowledged that I acknowledged the rough life and that he had a very rough life. And um, I let him know that I blamed him for everything that went wrong in my life and that I was no longer going to do that, that I was going to stop doing that. And that I forgave myself for waiting so long and I forgave him for everything that I made up about him and told him that I was doing really well. I was in a relationship, taking multiple vacations every year, living a fantastic life. I owned a house, made a six-figure income, had a, you know, a, a Porsche I was like, you know, like living this on the exterior. I was like living a great life. And, um, and he apologized. And then all of a sudden he broke down and started crying. And he apologized and said that the worst decision he had ever made his entire life was to leave my mom. And he asked how she was doing. And I told her how my, told him how my mother was doing, and he said, "You know, I always loved your mother. I'm so sorry." And um, and all of this happened over the phone. I was never ever really able to see him face to face, and. Um, I said, would he forgive me for that? And I was like, listen, I'm literally flying on a plane in a few hours and um, to go to Hawaii. And he got so excited when I told him about Hawaii. He's like, oh, you're going to Hawaii? He's like, oh, I've never been there. And I was like, it's a beautiful place. And I've been there like five or six times already. He's like, five or six times? And... um, 
It was just a really precious conversation. And uh, when I hung up the phone, we said our goodbyes, and I told him I wasn't sure if I was ever going to really see him. But I'm sorry that I might not ever really get to see you. And he said, that's okay. This has been the best day of my life, he said. You're my boy. And um, the waterfalls, <laughs> waterfalls of, of joy and love and peace and forgiveness poured out of my eyes and um, went to Hawaii and uh, two weeks later came back home and uh, you know I never thought you know that I would ever be able to forgive him for publicly humiliating me at 12 years old and you know, looking at that and how it took 27 years to be in a place of forgiveness. And here it is, four weeks after I come home from Hawaii completely forgetting about the situation. I was so filled with peace. And um, I received a phone call from my cousin. And she asked me, were you ever able to reach out to your father? And I, and I shared with her the story of what happened and how we cried together and we forgave each other and we said we love each other. And, and then my cousin started to break down into tears. She said, I'm so happy to hear that. You have no idea how happy I am to hear that. Your father passed away last night. Up until that point, I really realized that I had been controlled by a 12-year-old boy. The transformation that I went through of forgiveness and restoring love and affinity and restoring power back to that 42-year-old man that was now back in control of his own life. It was such an amazing experience and freed me up to be fully at the helm of my own life again. You know, if there is an area of your life where there is a power of forgiveness that is needed. I encourage you to do it. We all have a finite time in this human experience. You know, spiritually, it is true that we are never born and we never die. But in this body-temple experience, in this human-born experience, we do bore, we are born and we do have a death. We do have a timeline. inside of this body 
And when we experience circumstances and conditions that may require us to fall into forgiveness and restore love and affinity to our friends and our family and our fellow man and women or business partners or trusted colleagues, you know, as, as a coach, right now I encourage you to be inside of a process of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not something that's one and done. It is a process that happens repeatedly. And, you know, inside one of the programs that I offer, a 12-week program, we spend at least two weeks on forgiveness. I know 100% for sure that my life today would not be the same had I not practiced forgiveness and provided myself a a path to restore power and self-expression in my own life. And this is what I want for you and for all of my clients and listeners. So if you or someone wants to speak uh, with me regarding forgiveness, Restoring love and affinity where it seems to have been lost. I'm available anytime for a strategy call. And I left a link inside of the description of this particular podcast episode where you can click that link and um, set up a time to speak with me about it. So I'm going to close this topic here. And until next time, Thank you very much. Have a great night. Thank you for joining me and listening to today's episode. I trust that there is something that you experienced on today's podcast that has left you touched, moved, and inspired. I would love to connect with you. If you're an Anchor member, you can leave me a message and leave any kind of question that I can answer on future podcasts. If you'd like to hear more about Life Mastery, Dream Builder, or other personal development programs that I coach with my clients, you can email me directly at theo at theotilton.com. And you can find me on all social media channels, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. My handle is Theo Tilton. Also, you can find me on Facebook at Theo Tilton Coaching. Thank you.